um, how trading works and trading psychology is that every single person is different. And I've said this multiple times that we are just the accumulation of the past experiences and emotions we hold to those experiences layered on top of each other to make us who we are today. And in any point in time, we can have traumatic experiences, we can have change in experiences, we can create new habits, we can remove old habits. And ultimately, these will give us new experiences, new emotions, new thought patterns, which we can shift us in any direction that we so choose. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on, or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Alrighty, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. I hope you're having a fantastic Friday. I know I am. Like I was saying, it is the second day of sunshine in a row. This brings me lots of joy and happiness. I do love the sun being from Australia, and I have missed it immensely. Um, but today, we are finding gratitude as we do every single morning. If you're new on the calls, if you're new to the podcast, this is what we do on repeat every single episode we find gratitude because finding gratitude in the morning and the evening will change your life so what am i grateful for today today i will admit that living in germany actually when you travel to all different countries you find there's a cultural difference now this is much different when you go from an eastern country to a uh, eastern culture country to a western culture country um you know a first world to a third world country but Germany being, you know, first world European country, I thought there'd be lots of similarities to Australia, to Canada, where I spent a lot of my time. Um, and there is. However, I must admit, I have been a little bit disgruntled by the people. They have a different attitude, one that I'm not used to, and it's taking some learning. However, this morning, I was very, very pleasantly surprised by an abundance of people who were happy, delightful. One guy came and spoke to me. He found out that I spoke English. And one thing that Germans are great at is pretty much everyone here can speak English. You say, can you speak English? And they're like, oh, no, not really. But we'll have a conversation to you about all of the basics. Um, it's quite it's quite interesting. It's obviously due to the education system here. But most of the time, it can be a bit of a, a drag when people are shortcoming to you and what I feel to be rude. However, this has been a very good learning curve of mine, and it's woken me up to what it is inside me that gets frustrated or upset when I receive their responses. So often you might have heard the term, you know, what the things that frustrate you are often a reflection of, of some insecurities that you have of yourself. And I found myself, especially when I first moved here, getting quite frustrated at a lot of little things, just small things. And the longer I've been here, the more I'm, you know, in this situation, the more I do self, self-understanding, self some introspection and go, why is it these th few things are frustrating me? What is it about 
these certain traits that are coming up repetitively, which are obviously part of the culture here. So I'm the one coming from the outside. I need to adjust. I need to understand. I need to gain more knowledge to shift my perspective to understand how and why this is happening. And it's very, very interesting. And today, when I saw a bit more of the, uh, let's say, the Australian version of general communication, um, I was pleasantly surprised. But I'm grateful for the sun and the happy, joyous um, interactions that I've had over the past couple of days with the sun out. But I'm also grateful for being forced into a state where I have to do that self-diving, to understand better, to shift my perspective, to see things from the other side. And what it's done is it's actually relieved a lot of the small frustrations that I've had within me, which are only holding me back um, due to the fact that I've been able to... Um, yeah, observe it and being stuck in the situation. So that's what I'm grateful for today. I hope that made a bit of sense. Um, it was a bit a bit hard to get out of my head. <laughs> but let's have a look in the chats here. We I do have some gratitude. Um, grateful it's Friday and grateful for faith in myself, life and universal law. I love that. So good that you've got faith in yourself, trust in your own abilities, trust in yourself. And yes, I'm so great. I don't know why I've got very much Friday feels today. I'm loving it. Very energetic. Um, good morning and afternoon. Good morning. I'm grateful for learning, making progress and health. Love, love it. Health is so important. I'm very grateful that my adult son trusts me enough to talk about issues he is having, even if he finds it embarrassing. That is such an awesome breakthrough. I know that it, you know, that boundary of relationship you have with your parents and when you are becoming an adult and growing and that sort of borderline between, okay, this is my mother who tells me what to do. And this is someone that I can confide in and actually share. And I think that's beautiful to actually start to cross those boundaries and find that trust and relationship in each other. So I'm really happy for you that you're you're having that. And I hope that my son finds that in me, however many years down the road that may be. I'm grateful for my freebie rocking chair where I do my morning meditation. That sounds so much fun. I haven't sat in a rocking chair for so long, but that sounds amazing. Um, I also, I've got some people over on the PIP side, which is great. Thank you. Happy Friday. Really enjoyed living in Germany for five years. Oh, very nice. So I'm glad to have you all here. I'm actually, first time I'm doing it on two channels at once, and we've got a few people um, from both sides. So if you're new here and you haven't shared your gratitude, please, I encourage you to write it down. So much better than just thinking about it. Actually, writing down is the connection between our conscious and our subconscious, and it starts to unravel things more and more. The reason I like to read out other people's gratitude is because it gives me insight into other things that I should be grateful for because we do become complacent in our comfortable lives and start to forget about all the things that we have and start to um, want more. And greed comes in, and we know how important greed can be in trading. And so it's very important to understand gratitude and to understand um, the happiness that we should have for the things that we have in our life. And the more we share with each other, the more we can find other things to be grateful for. And another thing that I'm grateful for today, thanks to Anna's um, reminder, is meditation. I haven't meditated in about two weeks. Oh, sorry, bear with me. I've just got someone calling me. Um, so I haven't meditated in a couple of weeks and today I got my first meditation in and I feel maybe that's why I've got so much energy today because I feel fantastic and it's definitely going to be the trigger to get back into meditation. Anyone who doesn't meditate, no qualms to you, but I definitely recommend giving it a go, trying it out and seeing 
seeing how it goes for you because it definitely is a game changer. Right, today I want to talk about a couple of things. I didn't get to talk about it yesterday because we had such a good chat going on and I kind of got onto a rant about greed and how important it is to understand and trust in your own ability so that we're not wanting, wanting, wanting more. And what can happen often on a Friday is you'll have a great week, but you've got that greed, you want that little bit extra. And what happens? You give it all back to the markets. On Tuesday, we were talking about identity. We were talking about intentional identity and imposed identity. And I was asking you to go through some of the identities that you have about yourself. Yes, you can have multiple. Find out, make a list of the things of how you'd like to be identified as and figure out which one of these is identity uh, imposed by someone else, by society, by um, parents, by culture, whatever it is, and which one of these are intentional that you've chosen and that you're actually living by and driving towards. I think once we understand which of our identities are chosen and which ones are imposed, and I'm not saying that imposed is bad, it's just an understanding and awareness of how it has become to be a part of you, then we can understand which direction and how we want to change that, if at all. Okay? Now, this leads me into today, where I want to talk about a few things. One being, who are you doing this for? Okay, and this is going to lead into the next part. But first, I really want you to sit down and think, who are you doing this all for? You are here trading. You're either listening to this podcast for personal development, personal growth. You're trading to learn a skill that will hopefully make you financially free, job free. By now, hopefully, you all have your whys understood and you know why you're doing this. But who are you doing it for? And I really want you to ask yourself this. Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it? to prove to your parents that you can do something? Are you doing it to be the coolest kid at the 10, 20, 30-year reunion back at school? Are you doing this so that you can retire your mum? Are you doing this so that you can prove to your spouse that you're worthy? Are you doing it so that you can show up for your children? There are so many reasons, but who are you doing this for? Okay, now this will lead on to what I want to talk about in terms of where are you centered, but I really want you to think about these things because there's two aspects to this. Once, once you know who you're doing it for, you'll be able to change your environment so that you can keep reminding yourself of that and make sure that this is the thing that sticks at the forefront of your mind, which will help you keep you motivated, drive you through the tough times, et cetera, et cetera. But two, I really want you to know whether or not part of that is yourself. Are you doing this for yourself or are you doing this for someone else? Because at the end of the day, if you are only doing this for someone else, you're going to find it hard to keep going. Because when you lose all faith and all hope in everything else and you're struggling and you've had the hard times and you're going, shit, this is so impossible. You know what? Fuck it, mum. You can save yourself. You'll make it. I can't do this anymore. If you're doing it for yourself, then it's only you who you're letting down. And so it's going to be so much easier to put yourself back up and go, no, I can do this for me. I need this. I want this. Whatever it is, I'm doing this for me, so I'm going to be able to keep going. Don't get me wrong. It is awesome if you're doing it for someone else as well. If you've got a family, if you've got, like I said, for me, one of on my vision board right in front of me that I look at every single day, I've got a picture of my mom with the big words retired over the middle. That's half the reason why I want to do this. But a lot of the things on my vision board are for me because I know that I want to do it for me. I know the outcomes that I can get. I know that the journey will be tough, but I know that I want to be the person that comes out the other side. And I know the growth that comes with that. 
So ask yourself, who are you doing this for? Okay? Like I said, it's more than okay to be more than one person or one thing, even if it's a thing. But make sure that there's a part of you that's doing it for yourself because that'll keep you going. And then if it is for your mother, if it is for your spouse, you can have that at the front of your awareness and you can use that for your vision board. You can use that for motivation. You can put pictures of them in your environment, in your trading environment. So that way, when you're having the tough times, when you're thinking, should I, you know, just fuck it and press the button a few more times and break my trading plan, you look at them looking at you and go, nah, you're right. I should actually follow my trading plan and do as I'm told so that I can make this successful over the period and not just sporadically and emotionally throw it all down the drain right now. Does this make sense to people? Chuck some ones in the chat if you're getting what I'm putting down. One. Okay, cool. Both both places are getting some ones. Great. Okay, now the next thing that I want to do is I want to talk about a concept that I heard about first in the book Seven Habits of Highly Efficient People. A very good book. A little bit dense. I was listening to it on audio and I needed to... Um, hear it a few times it was actually a little bit dense i'd like to read it word for word because there's a lot of great value in it but one concept that stood out to me and this is really really based on what i was just discussing is where are you centered where are those core values and core beliefs that you have and where are they anchored and so what they were using in this example and i apologize for anyone in the kajabi i don't know if i can share my screen on two places at once but I just want to share a little diagram here. Basically, it is, I hope you can see it, but these are the 10 areas of centeredness that were explained in this book. So you have spouse centeredness, family centeredness, money centeredness, work, possession, pleasure, friend, enemy, church, self. Now, I stopped saying centeredness because it was too much for me. But in each of these, you can understand where your values lie. So if you're spouse-centered, your feelings of security are based on the way your spouse treats you. Your direction comes from your own needs, wants, and therefore those, and from those of your spouse. Family, your security is founded on family acceptance and fulfilling family expectations. Your actions are limited by family models and traditions. Money, your personal worth is determined by your net worth. Profit is your decision-making criteria. Work, you tend to be defined by your occupational role. You make your decisions based on the needs and expectations of your work. Possession, your security is based on your reputation, your social status, or the tangible things you possess. You tend to compare what you have to what others have. Pleasure, you make decisions based on what will give you the most pleasure. You see the world in terms of what's in it for you. Friend, your security is a function of the social mirror. You are highly dependent on the opinions of others. Enemy, you make decisions based on what thwarts your enemy. You are defensive, overreactive, and often paranoid. Church, now I like to put this um, more of a spiritual rather than church, but take it as you will. Your security is based on church activity and esteem in which you are held by those in the authority or influences in the church you find identity and security in religious labels and comparisons and self your security is constantly changing and shifting your view you view the world by how decisions events or circumstances will affect you 
Now, I really, really liked this concept, and I often talk about your core values and your core beliefs and how these start to shape your habits, behaviors, actions, feelings, thoughts, et cetera, and expands out, right? And so many times when I'm speaking to people about your core values, your core beliefs, people are like, I understand the term, but I've got no idea what my core values and beliefs are. And it's that actual introspection I don't know if I said that right, that will take you on that journey to find out where you are centered, where your values lie, where your core beliefs are. And so a good example of this that I'm paraphrasing from the book is let's say you have planned a date with your wife, let's say, for Friday afternoon. Okay, you've been planning it for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden, yes, the Friday afternoon, you're about to leave work and your boss comes into your office and goes, right, I need you to stay late because we have this meeting tomorrow and we need to get the presentation done. We're behind. So I'm going to need you to stay um, the overtime so that we can so that we can get this done. OK, so what is your initial thoughts? I want you to write in the chats um, wherever I'm trying to find the two of them. I want you to write in the chats what your initial response would be to that scenario. Where does your thought first go? Hell no, I'm out. Yeah, I love it. I think for this group of people, especially as us who are traders, we are trying to break free from that. So most of us don't really want to sit there and do the overtime, right? But your automatic response, I will always... I will all oils have stayed. I think I, I would have always stayed in the past and no, thank you. Okay. So these are some of the responses we're getting. We're getting. And what I want you to think about this um, with this concept is where does your first initial thought go? Does it go Oh, overtime? That's some extra pay. I could use some extra pay right now. If so, you're most likely money centered. If your th first thought was like, Oh no, I promised my wife, you know, this is going to suck. I don't want to, I don't want her to get upset. I don't want her to have her heart broken. Then you're probably going to be spouse-centered. If your first thought was, oh, man, what's everyone at work going to think about me if I say no? I had some friends going to this thing. What are they going to think about me? You know, you can see that you're obviously going to be more work-centered or more friend-centered. If you're thinking, shit, I really wanted to go to this concert that I planned or, you know, this date night, I've been looking forward to it myself, then maybe you're more possession or maybe you're more, um, what was the other one, self-centered or pleasure-centered. So there's a few different areas here that you can, and I'm not saying you have to be one or the other. You're often a makeup of a few of them. I know for me, I'm proudly self-centered, family-centered and pleasure-centered. I've never really given a shit about work. I only use money as a vehicle to help me with helping my family, helping my self-centeredness and helping my pleasure. I've never had time for enemy and friends, you know, as a traveler, you, you kind of forfeit a lot of that. I do keep friends, but it's not really where I'm centered. And so understanding these concepts, I've got a better understanding of who I am and where my values lie. Now, what can we do with this? Well, we can use that to understand the behaviors and the emotions and the thoughts that run through our brain. There's a bunch of people listening to exactly what I'm saying. And I can imagine that in that very moment where I gave you the scenario, you heard the boss asking you to stay. 
there was a range of different thoughts and emotions that went through the heads of the people that were listening. And this is based on where their values and beliefs are centered. Okay. Now, the hardest thing about this whole process of trying to teach people their emotions, trying to get them to understand um, how trading works and trading psychology is that every single person is different. And I've said this multiple times that we are just the accumulation of the past experiences and emotions we hold to those experiences, lay it on top of each other to make us who we are today. And in any point in time, we can have traumatic experiences, we can have change in experiences, we can create new habits, we can remove old habits. And ultimately, these will give us new experiences, new emotions, new thought patterns, which we can shift us in any direction that we so choose. But how do we decide where we want to shift those directions? We have to understand our current self. We have to understand those values, those where we are centered, and what thoughts and emotions are initially reacted when we hear certain phrases, when we observe certain circumstances, or when things on the chart happen. For example, drawdown. For example, I'm over leveraged. For example, I've lost three trades today. So this is why I say it's so important to track these emotions and not just Track how you're feeling, but track how you're feeling through every single step of the process. I'm writing an ebook at the moment, which is going to hopefully be a free ebook based on what I believe is the top 10 steps to getting to the successful part of the pyramid of trading retention. And as I was writing this today, I thought to myself, what is it exactly about the emotions that we have through each single phase? And one thing that I heard from Mark Manson is that our emotions are basically just a feedback mechanism. An action happens. A thought process chain fires off in our brain of thoughts, 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 thoughts. Once, and these thoughts will set off an emotion. And once our emotion is high enough, what happens? We take another action. And this loop continues around. We take an action, which creates new thoughts, which builds up more emotion. And once that emotion is high enough, we take another action. In trading, this is exactly what we are doing. We take an action. We enter the trade. We see the candles moving in some form, direction, up, down. This makes us go, oh, no, this is going against us. Oh, no, it's going to take off. It will probably actually do this. Hang on. Maybe it's going to turn around. What should I do? Should I protect my capital? Is this enough? Your thought pattern goes firing. Bang, 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 bang. Then when they start to lead off in one direction far enough, you go, oh, actually, this is getting scary. I'm going to protect my capital. I'm moving my stop loss. Action is taken. And you kind of reset. Okay, now what's happening from this scenario, from this environment? I have moved my stop loss. I have got capital. I've got it protected. You know, maybe it's going to shoot right up. Oh, should I enter another trade? All these thought patterns are going off again and again and again to build the emotion to take another action. Do you understand this feedback loop that's going on? And so lots of the time people think, okay, I've got a certain skill. I can guarantee that a lot of people on our call know how to trade to the level that is more than enough. And if they were able to understand themselves, they would be successful traders tomorrow. The journey lies in the ability to understand why and how we continue to respond to the instantaneous actions with the thoughts and emotions that we do. Does that make sense? That last sentence was a little bit confusing. Yes, we've got some yeses. Okay. 
So I really want to make it clear to you that if we understand where we're centered, if we understand the values and the beliefs that drive our current actions and thoughts, we can then start to shift the way we think about ourselves and about the environment and about a lot of different aspects. And we can really start to manage our emotions on the charts because our emotions are what make us respond to the certain trade management systems that we've got to the overtrading throughout the day to, you know, blowing our accounts on Friday, unfortunately, if we're getting greedy. All these things come from within. And as the, the more we can understand where we're at, where we're centered, and where they come from, the faster we're going to make it up this journey. Okay? I hope that makes sense to some people. Check some ones in the chat if it does. We've got a couple minutes left, so if it's confusing. If you've got any questions, we can go over it. Now we've got some ones. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, we have a couple minutes left. I'll be taking the call today in our trading call. I believe Teresa is off enjoying a kid-free night, I believe. Lucky her. Um, spend this next few minutes going through. I have it all in my trading journal, but going through your why, going over your affirmations, going over your trading rules, going over your good habits, your bad habits, going over your ideal trades, whatever it is that you need to go over. And I suggest doing it routinely every single time. Remind yourself, make it repetition. Okay, go through these things every single time you jump on the charts. And then hopefully you'll be able to control those emotions and make some nice profits. All right. So to my traders, I love you. I'll see you on the call. And to people listening on the podcast, much love. We'll speak to you next Tuesday. I'll be hoping to get a bunch of these up over the weekend. I'm a little bit delayed, but for now, farewell. <laughs>